Hi, Bobby, thank you. Uh, Christine Massey in Toronto has amassed 182 responses under various freedom of information law requests uh, from institutions, provincial, state, and federal, national governments, which all say no one has a sample of SARS-CoV-2 taken from a human. Would you please comment on that? Yeah, I really am not qualified to comment on it, but I, my inclination, if there are people who say that viruses don't exist, if there is no virus, I don't, you know, my inclination is that, um, that that simply is not, you know, that that's not true. I, I can't argue it with you and I can't, um, you know, I let, I actually, on our list, there, there's a number of people who make those kind of arguments. Other people on their list serve, and they, these are all very brilliant people, ridicule them and dismiss them and, have, and produce a lot of evidence. But I am kind of amused reading the exchanges. My inclination is that viruses do exist and they do make people sick. I could be wrong, it could all be a big hoax, but to me, it seems like. Uh, viruses are real, and uh, so I, I, look, I should have just shut up from the beginning and say I can't answer that question. You know what? Actually, I saw an exchange yesterday where somebody made exactly that statement, and then ten people jumped on him with examples of where that's not true. Okay. So, oh, the other thing is. I do know this. When you make freedom of information requests, you, it, the freedom of information laws do not require the government agency to do science or to answer questions, specific questions. What they do is they, um, the, the freedom of information laws make it obligatory for the government to give you existing documents. Oh, if you're telling the government, I want you to verify this, and they look at their documents and they say, there's nothing here to verify it. It doesn't mean it's not true. It means they got nothing. But listen, again, I am not a good person. I'm not a scientist. I don't pretend to be. I find those arguments interesting. And there's a guy um, in California who I deeply respect, Tom Cowling, who makes those arguments and it is brilliant in the way he makes somebody who also is not taken seriously by a lot of other people. So I, I don't I can't answer the question. Thank you. Chiron Return, and for the Pacifica Radio Network, welcome to Planet Waves FM. Tonight's edition is for Friday, the 30th of June, 2023. Welcome to a program, wherever you may be in the world, in the future, or in your state of mind. It is good to be with you. I've got a full program for you tonight, and we'll be back in a moment.
joining me on a beautiful summer afternoon here in the first capital of New York State, Kingston, New York. We were capital for just one month, then the Brits came and burned us down. Uh, speaking of burning, the fires in Canada seem to be uh, raging away. Um, we're not seeing much of that uh, in my part of upstate New York uh, these days, but I am hearing from down in the city and from a listener in Glens Falls, a couple hours north of here, that they are smoked over and are even being told to wear N95 masks uh, to keep the particles out, but I do not believe that even matters. Uh, the, the particulates that would get through the N95 are the worst ones. Of course, if, uh, if it makes you feel better, wear it, but then you might want to just make sure that it's not working against your cause. Uh, because masks are dangerous. And it's interesting that in California, wildfires, they advise people not to wear them, that they're useless. So, uh, as usual, the information coming from the government is contradictory and self-serving. Anyway, all by way of hello um, in, in, uh, in our increasingly continuing strange moment, began today with uh, the, the um, should be more infamous than it is, three minutes of audio uh, that I uh, captured in a, in a very brief dialogue with Robert F. Kennedy Jr. back in late April of 2022, uh, where I traveled to an event and uh, was gifted a ticket and a ticket to the dinner so that I could get in and have access and, and be there. Uh, and with my opportunity, chose to ask now presidential candidate Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Uh, what his take was on the fact that all of the governments of the world, health agencies and health institutions, including the CDC, the NIH, the National Institutes for Allergy and Infectious Diseases, and all of that unanimously in 40 countries, all admit they don't have a sample of SARS-CoV-2. They cannot produce a sample of this virus actually found in a human being. And he gave the, uh, the, the worst answer I've ever had in the course of my journalism career. An, an answer so ridiculous I thought this person could never be taken seriously as a presidential candidate if he can't handle the hippie deadhead astrologer from upstate New York. How is he going to be able to handle Vladimir Putin? or NATO, or the G8, or the Joint Chiefs of Staff, or anyone, for that matter, if he's unprepared to answer what anyone could have told him was going to come up. And so the fact that he was unprepared uh, with e even a, a generic off-the-cuff answer, the way his Uncle John would have said it was, young man, that's an interesting question. We'll have to get back to you on that. And very simple. Could have been dismissed with an over, over and done, and I, I would have come home with absolutely nothing for my efforts. And instead, uh, what I came home with was this lavishly rich three minutes. The the uh, three minutes is is transcribed and also uh, explained in an article that I have attached uh, both to the Substack version of the program and to the uh, to the version that is on planet same same thing just slightly different uh, accompanying materials uh, and you and you can see how I handled that at the time and what I had to say and 
it, it's, uh, it's, it's truly astounding. And, and, and what to me is even more astounding is that to this day, and I, and I honestly wish we didn't have to talk about it, there is so much that we need to talk about here beside the rising tide and um, while I've said a number of times I'm not full-time on the COVID story, I, I'm at least functioning in the role of investigative editor, and I've got um, some highly competent people who are uh, on the story and, uh, and providing me with, uh, with the information that I need. I, I did uh, well over three years on this every day uh, and um, reached, reached my limit for it as a full-time endeavor. Anyway, uh, what is... F- but obviously I'm no less passionate about it. What what really blows my mind is the people making the argument that the virus FOIs do not matter, that the existence of the virus does not matter. And and there and there is no rationalizing that. All you can do is call me stupid or say that I'm in some way misguided. And I realize I'm in a v- tiny minority here, that the, the majority on this issue includes the entire population that still believes this uh, something actually happened, you know, there, there was some kind of a viral outbreak in 2020, and, and, and probably 90% of what uh, is called falsely the health freedom movement or the COVID truth movement. Uh, my occasion for bringing up the Kennedy campaign and the whole uh, issue of the virus is that two weeks ago, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. appeared on the podcast of Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan, who famously had Robert Malone on, uh, and another, uh, <laughs> I-, I-, I would say that Malone makes Bobby look like a real good guy, uh, but he had Malone on, and that was when Neil Young threw a hissy fit and uh, and and threatened or or actually did pull his music off of Spotify, which so far as I know, he actually has no power to do, having sold it to Universal Music Group. Uh, but anyway, um, R- Rogan is falsely gaining a reputation as someone who is courageous and interested in the truth. And I think that R- Rogan strikes me as being a sincere person. Uh, but also, I cannot personally confirm what he actually knows and does not know. So I'll be sending him this program. I, I think that there's a, a bit of a, a bit of a snowball in hell of him actually hearing it, much less listening. You know, hearing about the email, much less listening to it. But I'm going to make a point of seeing if I can get this to him. I I never have any hope of of getting a uh, a, a response from any of these big uh, big players. You know, the only way to really do that is to confront them in person and that's what I did with Kennedy while we have had some luck engaging uh, Kennedy uh, by email and and uh, mainly by email and maybe a couple of in-person meetings between others Um, but uh, Tom Cowan has been in contact with him Christine Massey has been in contact with him and his attorneys I've been in contact with his uh, main attorney Mary Holland as well as a couple of the shills who uh, you know, who uh, make shit up for him and uh, have a PhD and defend him and pretend uh, that uh, th- that there there is some scientific defensibility to what he is saying. 
and and I, I'm not even raising a scientific issue when I uh, talk about the the virus FOIs. All I am saying is that now, as of this day, 215 governments have all admitted they did not have a sample of the virus or a paper, even a paper. I'm not asking for a bottle of the shit. Though somewhere we have photos of Christine Massey pretending to open an envelope with little bottles. <laughs> she foiled the, she filed a freedom of information request asking for the virus, and they sent her some. That 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 could actually happen. Then she knows not to open the bottle if it does. Uh, however, um, well, I kind of lost my train of thought. Anyway, uh, it, this has become so ridiculous that the only way someone could really uh, have have faith in any statement from the government made at any time in 2020 and 2021 is purely on on religious terms. Walked on water, turned water into wine, raised the dead, and did all of this stuff. Well, thanks. It looks good in the Bible. It's very moving to to read uh, read the Bible. I admit that. Unless the you know people are getting massacred to the point where, as a child, I, I read it and couldn't stand the violence. Okay, I actually started to read the entire Bible. As a child, and I gave up because it was too violent for my little Pisces soul. And this is the, the, the this is the holy sacred text of uh, of most of the world, or or large portion of the of the world. I guess the Buddhists aren't into it. Anyway, uh, we're re, we're so more on that in the second and third segments. Uh, getting getting to my point here, um, I will in in the second block. I will be taking apart the claims of Kennedy and the and Rogan and his questions and assessing Rogan's basic state of mind, his state of understanding, and, and the quality of Kennedy's responses related to matters connected to the, the virus and to vaccines. Uh, I am pretty good at handling that myself, but I have n- I've asked for help from Jeff Strahl, who you met on one or two other interviews, um, who, who, who is a Kennedy historian. He's a really well-versed historian who learned most of what he's going to talk about in real time. So as I've done with COVID and a number of other issues, uh, was there at the time and, and tracking things and putting things together. Uh, Jeff Strahl is old enough that he lived through the Kennedy administration and was subject to the draft of, for the Vietnam War and managed to not have to go and uh, basically considered himself a conservative at one point and then like figured out what was going on and realized this is uh, not, <laughs> it's not make sense, what was considered conservatism uh, back, in, back in that day in the 1960s, 1970s. Uh, so that's in the third block, and then uh, and then I plan to end the program with a uh, discussion about uh, the continuing uh, analysis of charts from the 1990s and how they lead in uh, to what we experienced in the early 21st century, but but mainly from the standpoint of natal astrology. I've got this new thing going called the Astrology Student Union. Just find that at astrologystudentunion.org. And uh, as part of uh, developing and promoting that, I am planning a series of year-by-year discussions of, of, of astrology in the, 1990, of, in the late 90s and early uh, 2000s. This is intended for Generation Z, but to understand this astrology, you really have to go back to 1992. And so I'm summing up the 90s. And then, then we'll probably pick up the thread with year-by-year analysis starting in 1997 or 1998. And this is designed to inform and uh, attract younger 
listeners who are curious about astrology but think astrology is something that you get every day from an app um, and an anonymous uh, anonymous uh, writer who you have no idea who they are, where they are. Maybe somebody different writes your Aries horoscope every day. Is this the case with Tarot.com and the New York Daily News? The thing that replaced me. There is no one author. That's very dangerous for a horoscope column to have no one uh, attributed uh, author. My favorite horoscope remains the New York Post written by Sally Brompton. I corresponded with Sally for many years. We have one thing in common, which was we were both taught astrology by Patrick Walker, her predecessor at the Post. And uh, I considered her to be a solid and sincere person um, who, with whom I've exchanged many ideas about astrology and have a, a concept of how she was trained by Patrick. And so um, if, if you're looking for a good daily horoscope, uh, NewYorkPost.com. Still, to me, still fresh after 30 years. I've been reading that thing since around 1993. And every day it's like, thank you. For helping me, I would I would be happy to send a check if there was someplace else to, someplace to send it. I I suspect that uh, News Corps uh, doesn't need uh, my donation. If I could send it right to Sally, I would send her a check and bottle of champagne, and a box of chocolates and some flowers and a Planet Waves journal. Okay, so uh, speaking of astrology, here we are approaching the full moon in the sign Capricorn. Capricorn moon, that intriguing. And mysterious moon, the moon of my mother and uh, many of my girlfriends. I've gotten over that habit, as well as uh, of, of um, David Byrne, one of my favorite artists. Lucille Ball, another one of my favorite artists. Uh, Hitler had a Capricorn moon. Caesar Augustus had a Capricorn moon. Famously printed coins with the Capricorn symbol on them. Uh, and uh, and try, try to recall them because he didn't want people to know his moon sign. Uh, the Capricorn moon is one of the most interesting phenomena in astrology. And I have an article on it called The Emperor's Full Moon. Mm-hmm. I'm writing that down to get that onto the resources for the page. It's a really, really interesting article. Uh, my moon series of articles, man, I wish things didn't take so long uh, because the technical aspects of what I do take up at least half of my time that I could spend doing, like, continuing my series of articles on the moon. But the Cap Moon article is called The Emperor's Full Moon. Uh, in it, I make reference to uh, my good friend Christopher McGregor with the Capricorn moon. It is a, such an interesting moon uh, because it, it is in a sign that is so unlunar, and yet it, the moon is feminine, and Capricorn has its own particular kind of f feminine energy, and you, you put them together, and, and you always get an interesting result. And, and when you meet a person with the Capricorn moon who is an empathetic person, and they do exist, you can be sure of one thing. They have been through a lot of suffering, and they have pulled themselves through it and, and, and have um, found themselves uh, able to relate empathically to the pain and suffering of other people. Um, and then there's a whole other breed of, of Capricorn Moon uh, that just doesn't care. And, and so when you find a friend with a Capricorn Moon, uh, with their moon in Capricorn, uh, who, uh, who, who is genuinely kind and generous and inviting that, uh, that, that person is a, a keeper and uh, do what you can to help them and take care of them. They, they tend to be a lonely bunch of people with the Capricorn moon, and they are so uh, widely perceived as being powerful, charismatic, 
successful um, and influential that you would never suspect that they were lonely. You would never suspect that they live in any isolation. And so uh, give your love even to the mean ones um, because they, 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 they they may need you more than the empathetic ones who have made peace with themselves and uh, with the, with the human condition. Uh, so this moon is a, um, well, first of all, moon, moon, full moon, Capricorn, big deal in any event. Capricorn's in its detriment or fall. I always confuse those two things. But ca- cap moon is dif- difficultly, it, it is, is difficult and challenging in, in Capricorn. Uh, experienced as a transit event, though, that is, you know, partly dependent upon the nature of the nature of the chart. It's dependent upon the... Uh, the conditions of the, of, of the times we are in. And uh, this full moon axis across Cancer, Capricorn, Sun, and Cancer, Moon, and Capricorn makes a lot of aspects to things. But it is interesting that it is not making a lot of aspects that smash into things. It's making aspects that um, that that uh, are, 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 kind of ease their way through in, in many ways. Um and I say this mainly because we are in this kind of rare gem of a moment right now, which is partly behind the relative calm in the civil world right now. Right, we're we're not really being pummeled with um, mass casualty events, and we're not being pummeled with um, you know the, the 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 air force shooting down seven, claiming to shoot down seven UFOs and Chinese balloons and all this shit. Uh, th- th- there's a little, little it's a little calm before uh, what I think a lot of people are expecting as the other shoe dropping. Uh, moments of calm make people nervous. That is a very sad thing that uh, that we have all worked so long and so hard and done all these things to be responsible and better ourselves and pay our taxes and uh, and and uh, go out and vote. Many people do, and and uh, take part in the business community, and do our part to support the economy, and do our part to help our children and our neighbors. And we're made nervous by a moment of calm. This is a strange thing to have to live with. We, we you know, we're not going to have a society where we live in. Uh, any stability until, uh, first of all, we we understand the impact of technology and uh, understand that we are essentially, uh, most of us here on these low levels of a uh, claimed democracy, but really capitalist society, are kind of living like mice and cockroaches in the building of another business. And I say that because uh, no one actually leaves crumbs for the mice and cockroaches we are we we are you know you know mice mice and other you know animals that live off of the kind of tailings of human activity uh, are scavengers basically and and um, most people have been reduced to scavenging at this point I, I know there are some whose businesses are thriving and all of that but even when you look at where their business fits into the economy and the fact that people who are thriving are still paying taxes on uh, their privilege of earning taxes on what they earn 
and then they're paying taxes on what they buy with what they earn. And then on many things, you're, you're paying taxes to own a thing that you already bought with money that you already paid taxes on and paid taxes on the purchase. And then you have to pay to own it. And by that, I mean a home, a building, property of any kind, even a car. Once you've, re- once you've purchased and registered your car, there should be no additional taxes on that car. I mean, that, that's it. But no, we, we, we must pay inspections and registrations and insurance and all, all the stuff just to keep something that, uh, that we already have and have been taxed on three or four times. And then, and then all the money spent on every, every uh, milligram of gas you have, uh, probably half of it is going to, to taxes. And so uh, we, we're, in this, uh, we're in this environment where we've been forced to scavenge and where we don't get genuine moment of peace. Now, a lot of this is the result of uh, the, the, this overwhelm of digital technology, um, I, I will just mention that I wrote an article yesterday on um, on the, the nature and the impact of artificial intelligence. That's been distributed on all Planet Waves channels, including on the Planet Waves FM substack. It's easy to find there. Um, let's come back to the chart for a moment. Uh, the This um, moment of quietude and the, the sense of the other foot about to drop, I think, is the result of the Jupiter an expression of, not the result of, an expression of the Jupiter-Saturn sextile. So in, in this chart, and you can see that I've indicated it with a kind of a faint green line goes going from the kind of middle of the chart down to the, to the right side um, in green. It's part of what's one of the two Yod patterns, finger of God patterns I've, I've outlined in the chart. When Jupiter and Saturn are in a sextile, there is pretty good stability going on. Th- th- things are going to be in... A, a form of balance that is neither top-heavy nor bottom-heavy, where there's a kind of an even keel indicated. And what, what tends to happen when there is an even keel in our times is that we get a moment to, like, make up for, for, for what we've lost or maybe stop and get a little bit of rest before the, ne- the next round, uh, rather than Genuine, genuinely uh, relaxing into having some fruits of uh, fruits of our prosperity, but this is a concept that um, is um, basically for for most people in the distant past. And by the way, one of the things that Kennedy is campaigning on is he's going to bring back that old America where we all had lots of uh, cheap stuff and the world wanted us for our Elvis blue jeans, bobby socks, and saddle shoes. Nostalgia. In the digital age, under digital conditions and conditions of any chaos, nostalgia is favored. Nostalgia is a real uh, uh, item of value to most people. So the moon, so, 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 so Jupiter and Saturn are at about seven, eight, nine degrees of, of Taurus in the chart for the, for the, for the full moon. Uh, Saturn's at seven even and, and Jupiter's at nine. Jupiter will eventually go retrograde. I'm not sure if the the aspect will make exact contact again. Probably not, it, but it, it'll be close and hanging out for uh, for for a while. And and uh, what happens is that the Sun makes a trine to Saturn and a sextile to Jupiter, and the Moon makes a sextile to Saturn and a, and, a, and a trine to Jupiter, and it all kind of weaves itself in uh, in in a way that is uh, indicative of a kind of. Uh, 
stability. Uh, geodesic domes, by the way, are, are largely made of quintiles and sextiles. They're the most stable structure you can build on Earth, pretty much, is, is a, set, a structure made of, of, of pentagrams and hexagrams interwoven with one another. That's, that's the basic um, geometry of most versions of the geodesic dome. Uh, this incredibly lightweight thing, not invented by Bucky Fuller, but perfected by Bucky Fuller, whose birthday is coming up. We should do something on Buckminster Fuller next week. And Marshall McLuhan's birthday is coming up. Um, I could say a lot about the natal astrology of uh, of men with their son in the sign Cancer, um, but it tends to produce some uh, rather creative and inventive um, uh, men, in particular, who know how to make a, make their mark on the world. So anyway, we've got this thing that I, I think uh, perhaps uh, Rick Levine might describe this pattern as a golden bowl pattern. Sextile from the sun to Jupiter, sextile from Jupiter to Saturn, sextile from Saturn to the moon. And then also there is a, um, a centaur in the mix, that centaur being Pholus. Today, at the time of this recording, the sun is opposing Pholus. Uh, Pholus, not an asteroid, a, a long period um, uh, object, a kind of a morph between an asteroid and a, and a planet, uh, reddish in color and rocky and discovered in 1992, same year as 1992 QB1, the first thing ever discovered beyond Pluto. And Pholus, uh, Pholus is about a kind of a pressurized release it is about uh, the the, uh, the the genie getting out of the bottle, uh, the, the toothpaste getting out of the tube, the shaving cream coming out, the Mentos dropped in the bottle of Pepsi. It is it is about something that erupts but can't be put back in the bottle. Uh, that is a, a, a cautionary note in this chart because just as the moon reaches full phase, it makes a conjunction to Pholus. Uh, and we will start to experience that that pressurized release in some way, shape, or form. Um, this will, by the way, be early the morning in in, in United States time zones, and a little bit later, uh, later, well, early afternoon in uh, England and in the UK, overnight in uh, Oz and uh, New Zealand. So uh, we, we will see what will happen. I mean, it always seems like when we least expect it and when things are quiet for a minute, uh, some, some public relations agency uh, springs into action with a plan it's been developing for three months and then basically just unleashes a holy fury that is all coming through the digital environment and the media. People are very vulnerable to these things in ways they were not vulnerable in generations past because of our proclivity for 24 by 7 connection to the so-called news. So there is a direct intravenous line going into people's brains uh, when they are following the so-called news 24 hours a day. I'm a news professional, and I absolutely flatly refuse to do that. I, I, uh, I, I examine the news in a structured way, um, knowing what I am doing, knowing when I need to wear gloves and goggles to analyze things, rather than just kind of sucking it up with a straw, as most people do. Uh, or as McLuhan said, that Americans don't read the news. They slip into it like a warm bath. But now that warm bath is full of all kinds of, uh, well, it, it always was. One of the um, 
I won't exactly call it a crisis, but I have, over the past 20, 25 years, um, done quite a lot of responding to news events. Now, I do plenty of original reporting, but I'm, I'm not the editor-in-chief of a large uh, reporting team. We have a very small volunteer reporting team, and so we can only do original reporting on several issues. Give me more money, and I will, I will cover more issues. With more money, I will establish desk editorships and have steady streams of news and information on specific topics. By the way, if I can insert a little pitch here, we need one on the AI desk. We need an AI desk. We need a UFO desk. And we need a finance cryptocurrency desk. I will hire and find and hire and train these people to report this and get editors in place to to uh, produce their content. Uh, but this is what I would do with a budget. Three things. And a little extra, I, I would have a, mu a music desk. Okay, so uh, back to this chart. So we have, we have this possible moment of eruption in this chart with moon conjunct folus right ahead of the full moon. Now... Uh, th there is um, there are a few other interesting things going on. Uh, I, during my break, when I was uh, pretending to take a couple of weeks off, uh, Pluto retrograded back into Capricorn. Pluto retrograding back into Capricorn means we are going to get two additional iterations of the United States Pluto return. So Pluto is now at the peak of its backing back and forth and then ret retrograding and going direct back and forth over the natal Pluto in the all of the United States charts, all of them, including July 3rd charts and July 4th charts and Scorpionic America charts and Virgo rising and Aquarius rising and all the different United States charts all have Pluto within about one degree. And so no matter what chart anyone uses, it doesn't matter, the United States is in its Pluto return. And that is upheaval. That was part of the whole Trump drama, I guess, ongoing. It was the 2020 drama ongoing. Uh, it, it is basically the very peak of, the, uh, of what Ginsburg in the 1960s called the fall of America. Uh, that we that we're now kind of living in this hollow shell of the uh, of of the country that uh, we we used to live in, um, with uh, fiat currency being, you know, printed by the mile and uh, and and prices increasing something like 30, 40 percent over just the past six months or so. By by which I mostly mean food prices. Uh, it's really quite outrageous. The other uh, thing about the full moon is that it represents, well, there's two other things. One is it can represent things coming to a peak or a head of some kind. And that's got me a little nervous about what might be planned by these spin doctors and publicists and, uh, you know, essentially disaster capitalism designers for the July 4th holiday. Uh, it, is a, it is a moment of heightened tension with the Earth in the middle of, of, of the solar, the middle of the chart, basically not the solar system, but 
Astrology, the way that most people do it, is geocentric, centered with the Earth. But the but in fact, the sun is to one side of the Earth, and the moon is to the other side of the Earth. And so that's the tension that you feel at the full moon. There's two very close gravitational objects stretching in opposite directions, and we on the planet are right in the middle of that. And then there's all the other aspects that are made in, in, the, in the process of this happening. The other thing that the full moon does is it has a tendency to break deadlocks. So it is useful in the sense that if there is something that just won't give, guide things into the direction of something around the full moon or take action around the time of the full moon and things will move, things will give. Deadlocks will, will certainly can be released and, uh, and be broken. So uh, obviously, of course, plenty more going on. Uh, there's a new edition of StarCast that you can find various places, including StarCast.fm or PlanetWaves.net slash StarCast. I usually attach it to uh, Substacks as well, where I talk about the full moon and, uh, in, in particular, the finger of God patterns in the, uh, in the full moon. So I'm going to call that good for the astrology section. Got a few more minutes uh, pl pl planned here for the rest of this block before we go to the first song break and then into my discussion of Robert F. Kennedy Jr. I want to give one of my rare fundraising campaigns for Chiron Return and PlanetWaves.org, um, which is our substack, uh, PlanetWaves.fm, PlanetWaves.org. There's, there's many, uh, let, let's say, facets to the nonprofit work that I am doing and any donation you make supports the infrastructure that, that allows this program to happen. Some very sophisticated web hosting that, that we've got. We're, we're a little overpowered. I could, I could easily uh, quadruple or even more uh, our, uh, our traffic, but we've had to build a secure um, infrastructure. And then there is all the investigative reporting activity that while the people are not paid, you see, we're doing this on such a low budget because the people are not paid. They're all just helping. They're all just doing it because it's the thing to do, but still there are expenses involved in, in doing it. All kinds of infrastructure and saving a little bit for the future. That's what you're supporting when you support uh, Planet Waves FM or Chiron Return in any form. I hear people say every day, and I'm sure you've heard it, and you hear it, and you say it, I'm sick of the bias in the news. I'm sick of all the advertising. I'm sick of these presenters who are, who are bought and sold and, and, and trade like, uh, like trinkets. Uh, I, I'm sick of not being able to trust what I see and hear. I'm sick of all the glam and the money and podcasters being paid $200 million to sit here and uh, and do what I'm doing. Well, if all of that is bothering you and you want to support news and commentary and teaching that you can trust, make a donation to Chiron Return, Planet Waves FM. $5 a month goes a long way. A number of you listening already get it. Uh, we, we were gifted quite a bit this week, which will get us through a very slow month uh, by... A dear friend down in Australia, Terra Australis, uh, and uh, one of our backstage pass holders basically doubled her donations this week, like added a second $40 a month donation to Planet Waves FM. 
uh, you know that I'm worth it. You know that you come here because you trust me and you trust the people that I surround myself with and you know that, that I would uh, jump in front of a moving train before I lied to you or deceived you in any way, including telling any form of a half-truth. This is a deep commitment, and it has made me many enemies, people who have just told me to fuck the fuck off. We're canceling all of our subscriptions. You're full of it, blah, 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 but the people who have stuck around know that if you have some issue with something I report, you can actually get me on the phone and, and talk about it. I challenge you to get anyone else on the internet on the phone. So not only are you supporting a news organization you can trust, you have a route of accountability. You can actually talk to me if you need to. You can dialogue about the issues. You can suggest stories. And you, you can give a little money and it goes a long way. And you can give a lot of money and say, I'm going to pay for you to open up a cryptocurrency desk. And I trust that you will do it. And guess what? It will happen. All right. That's my pitch. Subscribe now. Give a little extra. Get one of the beautiful Planet Waves FM challenge coins. All right. Uh, let's go to our guest, Elliot Smith. This is called Sweet Adeline. Picture into you 